0: Welcome, folks, to another edition of the Stone and Tile Show. I am your host, Fred Houston, and we've got a a really interesting show coming up for you today. But before I introduce our guests, uh, let me say a couple of quick announcements. Uh, I have canceled the June Inspection and Troubleshooting Seminar, the one I'm doing here in Florida Uh, For obvious reasons, the virus has canceled that one. So uh, hopefully I'll be scheduling another one, probably out in Las Vegas in January again. So just keep an eye on the website, stoneforensics.com, and we'll keep you uh, posted on that as well. All righty. Today we're going to unravel the mysteries of waterproofing membranes. And we uh, we just have the guy that... uh, Alrighty, folks. Sorry about that. Somehow I lost my connection. Let's try that one more time. Hey, James, are you there? I'm here. <laughs> All right, buddy. Sorry about that. You know how technical things no work out. You know, it, it's crazy. So anyway, uh, of course, we'll edit that pause out in, uh, in in editing when it goes on the podcast. But for the livers and hopefully we didn't, didn't lose anybody. Anyway, uh let me just uh, give you a quick introduction. I'm going to allow everyone else to uh to, I'm going to allow you to introduce yourself here in a minute, but I kind of want to give people a history of how I know you. Uh James and I hooked up oh probably around 2006-2007. Uh, out in Las Vegas, he attended one of my seminars, and as a result of that, I ended up getting some consulting work with him when he was uh, working for Stephen at the uh, at the Encore, and we've developed quite a quite a nice relationship over the years. Uh, I've involved him in some of the inspections I've done out in Vegas, and we we talk often. So today, James, uh, we're going to be talking about waterproofing and the company you're now working for. But before we do, why don't you uh, introduce yourself and tell a little. Tell us a little bit about your back background.
1: Well, it's, it's kind of a funny background because uh, a lot of people, they get into the industry and, and they, they, uh, they're full force in it. And for me, the funny thing was I, I wasn't really wanting to go into flooring at first, and I mm-hmm. kind of went down that rabbit hole, and, and, and that was about a solid rope. But like when I was uh, growing up, my father was a attelier, which is a certified antique doing certified antique restoration so he was very he taught my brother and I a lot about uh, you know wood and uh, colors and all that kind of stuff and how to draw and we had like a really good artistic background um, and I think his intent was for us to take on the family business and uh, both my brother and I Kenny uh, we end up going into, into foreign which is pretty funny um, <laughs> but uh, so yeah so so we kind of took a different course but all that background really helped out. And when I was in school, I, I got into welding, got really good at it, got first place city, second place state. So through school, I thought I was going to go into welding, okay? And I loved wood, and I started getting into metallurgy and understanding it, um, started building some artistic iron fences when I got out of school. And then uh, a friend of mine calls me up and says, hey, man, I need your help. And, uh, and was, uh, with, that's when the boom was happening in the 90s of, of the Las Vegas, and he was doing flooring and I said, well, I know nothing about foreign but I'd really like to learn. So uh, I went off with, uh, with him and, and started doing mudding. He was from California. I uh, started learning how to do mudding. And it was very zen-like. It's very, anybody who's ever done any type of uh, mudding understands, like, there's uh, there's an art to it. And so it was, it was very relaxing to me. I liked it. Uh, so I started getting really good at it. And he, before, I, before he knew it, I was getting better than him. So he was like, you know, you need to go on your own. Uh, and with uh-huh. a little bit of a push, I, I actually got on my own. I started learning about laughing, leveling, uh, fabricating, polishing. I just really went into it full force. Uh, then I, I worked with Steve Wynn in 98 at the Mirage and started to kind of grow with there, taking manager classes. Then he sold all the properties, '04 or so. I think it was 05 Is I want to say we took that class because it was when it was during Wynn Las Vegas. But then Encore hmm. came around. And that's when I brought you, you know, to do the inspection. But uh, worked with Steve went for years. But that, that was where I started. I, I lear- had learned a lot, and I, that class was fantastic that he's taught. And uh, went along with your, your other teachers. And um, through it all, uh, it, it made me look at things a lot differently. My knowledge just it, it just exploded in my head. So uh, started to get really deep into it, and that and that really is what motivated me to continue doing what I'm doing now, um, but uh, we'll talk more about that, I guess, later. But so that's where I'm at today, you know, <laughs> deep into and, it. And, you
0: know, what? what's interesting, folks, too, is that every year when I do the seminar out there in Vegas, uh, you know, James has been in Vegas, how many years now? Most of your life, haven't you?
1: <laughs> since 89, since 89. Yeah, so yeah.
0: A, a long time, so anyway. we would... Yeah. We, we take we take a day and we do the live inspections and Jane usually accompanies us and shows us some of the things and uh, guys if you, if you, if you you learn anything from from that seminar what's great is to get the the insider scoop of some of the things that happened with Las Vegas you know some of the stories <laughs> with the casinos and that is some really great stuff I wish we had time there's, there's to discuss some, it yeah, here there's
1: some really there's some pretty crazy things that have, have happened
0: yeah it's really definitely. it's really great and these the students love it, but anyway, so now you're with protecto wrap, so what you tell us before we talk about the company how you how you ended up there so
1: it it's kind of interesting um uh, when i went, uh, when the economic downturn came around uh, I had finished just finished closing on encore uh, left encore and Uh, I made an impression on Ron Tudor, who was, you know, head of uh, Tudor Perini, uh, the pretty massive multi-billionaire guy, but he goes, I'm literally leaving Wynn, trying to think about what I'm going to tell my wife when I get home, because it's like, you know, I'm out of work. (laughs) Uh, And he says, uh, go to the airport, go to McCarran airport. And I said, what are you talking about? And he says, "Uh, we're starting the T3 expansion, and I want you to run the skin of the building. So, you know, you're trying to absorb everything because I worked for Steve Wynn for 11 years. So, you know, you, any, when you spend any length of time, it's, it's hard to, like, just wrap your head around it. But I, I was fortunate enough to, to work for, with that, that crew over at uh, Tudor Perini and doing the McCarran Airport afterward. And uh, if you've ever been to McCarran Airport, all that stone facade, uh, I ran that project. Yeah. Did really well. Finished it seven months early. Great thing. Uh, and every time I did a billion-dollar project, I had a kid. My wife said, no more billion dollar <laughs> projects. <laughs> so, uh, I, I ended up uh, leaving there and a um, uh, Noble Company picked, it, picked me up. It's a waterproofing company in, in, in Michigan. Fantastic people. very just, just the most loving people you've ever met. Uh, worked with them for several years uh, doing architectural teaching because they were lacking in that aspect there. Um, and then while I was... While I was working for them, the company that made the stone on the exterior of that building, uh, the panels, the lightweight panels, they called me and said, hey, we've been looking for you. We want you to work for us because you did this. And so I went over there, tried to help them out. Um, a lot of ownership handing over wasn't the greatest thing, but uh, learned a lot about lightweight stone, about stone veneers. You know, like every, I think every step in life that you take, you got you to see what you learn and, yep. um, and in, in that respect. Um, was it good fit? Mm, I, I didn't fall in love with it because the passion that I have is really in the waterproofing and the failures. And, and you know, you've known me long enough to know that. And, right. uh, I got an opportunity, uh, to work for protector app. They, they gave me a call. I met with them. Uh, and they were, it was just so, it was so easy to talk to them. I, I, I can't quite explain it. Um, uh, met with the owner, uh, Jack is, is uh, extremely personable, uh, one of the nicest guys you ever met, and he, he sits down, we talk, we go over, you know, kind of uh, about them. And the funny thing was, when I was used to teach a class for Noble, I would always show different types of waterproofing products that are out there, liquid membranes, you know, uh, a sheet membranes, but I'd always glaze over protector wraps. And the only reason why is because they were the only thing that was equal to the Noble membrane. And I didn't want, of course, if you're trying to ultimately sell a product, you don't want to show them what is equal to. Right, exactly. To <laughs> so so uh, it ends up, uh, I, I end up glazing over that. And I, and I tell them that the story about what I used to do. But now I'm actually working for the company that I used to glaze over because I knew exactly what their capabilities are. I knew uh, the speed and ease of how that, that, in, that installs. Uh, so it was very easy. Um, a very easy fit. They have a high-performing uh, membrane at a very uh, cost-effective price compared to the competitors. But um, they have something that is very unique to, that I find is when it comes to sound uh, and, and sound isolation. Uh, they've actually made membranes for tile, for uh, for tile and stone, for ceramic tile and stone, uh, ceramic tile and stone, and as well as uh, wood and Larger, larger so they've actually broken it up into three separate types of membranes, tested them independently to perform for that level, where some of them say we have a sound isolation memory one, one size fits all. Um, you actually get different SDCs and IICs for, um, which is mm-hmm. sound transmission classes, all that stuff. But, yeah, I, I'll be, uh, just to let you know, like, I don't know if I got to tell you, but tomorrow at 10 a.m., uh, Pacific 12 Central. We're doing a na- nationwide uh uh seminar uh that you can link into if you're if you're out, connected with me or on LinkedIn or you've seen it on LinkedIn. Uh but it's gonna be a nationwide uh CEU seminar thing on south isolation and interior environments that I'll be teaching. So uh, be great.
0: great. And if uh you if, you if you want me to, uh, James, I'll also post that on my Facebook page so I know a lot of the title guys, uh, read that stuff, uh, send that to me and I'll get it posted up there. So if anybody's listening and they want to attend, attend that, uh, just go to my Facebook page and, or James's LinkedIn page as well. So let's, let's get into, well, before we get into the, well, let's, let's get right into it. Uh, you know, all about, what about waterproofing, what type of waterproofing products does Protector Rep have? And let's talk a little bit about Maybe the differences between the sheet membranes, the fluid-applied membranes, because I get that question all the time. Which one's best? What are the advantages? What are the disadvantages? So go for it. Okay,
1: so without being too diplomatic or, like, you know, like giving the the soft answer, um, it it, kind of comes down to all these products, whether it's a liquid membrane, a sheet membrane, uh, they all have capabilities uh, that were tested. Uh, if they show that they've been tested, and they work. Now, so when we, we uh, I don't like to say dumb it down, but when we, make, when we simplify it, okay, there you uh, go. the difference between a sheet, a sheet membrane and a liquid membrane is that you have to read the instructions a little bit closer when you're, re- when you're doing a liquid membrane. Mm-hmm. It's going to tell you the thickness that it has to go down, and I can't, and I'm sure you are the same way, can't tell you how many times I go on a job and the liquid membranes applied, and I could see through it. Yep. <laughs> and so I asked the installer, and I said, hey, how thick did you put this membrane? I don't know. I just used a half a bucket. And it's like, okay. And they don't even know what a wet film gauge is, a mill gauge, oh, to geez. see how thick <laughs> it should be. So this happens, like, literally, I think it was January. I just inspected a shower here in, in town, and it was exactly that. And what happens is um, – If you're going to use a liquid membrane, and this is my my advice, if if you're going to use it, read the instructions. Understand fully that if you want a warrantable job, put it on as they say to put it on, okay? So if they say put it on 60 mil wet, let it dry to 30 mil, put it another layer of 60 mil wet to dry to 30 mil in an opposite direction, and then uh, let it dry and cure, do exactly what they say. And it'll perform at the level it was tested. So saying that, okay, uh, that's what you have to deal with, a liquid membrane, and it'll it's it's there. Uh, A sheet membrane, uh, whether you thin set it, adhere it with a a type of adhesive, or you prime it and stick it, you get that thickness that you're looking for immediately, and it all depends on uh, how fast you're, you're, you're adhering to that substrate is how fast you can get on it. So there is a little bit more speed in, in involved with uh, a sheet membrane. Um, that's really the, the main differences between the two. Through the years, I've used them both. We have a system here, it was a protector app, uh, that uses both a liquid and a sheet membrane for waterproofing over uh, a, a living space. So we actually have uh, made this one called Protective Deck, 70 mil product, uh, and it uses it. Uh, that's the main um, uh, uh, portion of the, the waterproofing uh, uh, barrier and then on the edges we detail it with uh, our liquid membrane, our protective deck mm-hmm. LM and with a fiber, fabric reinforcement and it's phenomenal. has a permeation rate of, of uh, 0.3. So it's a really sealed system because the, the actual membrane itself is like 0.05 or 0.3, and that liquid membrane is 0.3 so you're having something that has a low perm rate. You know, and
0: and you you bring up something real interesting, and I'm not sure, and I know we've talked about this before, but I'm sure a lot of ins, uh, there's a lot of installers. I know, I shouldn't say I should guess. I know a lot of installers <laughs> aren't fam, aren't familiar with what a perm rate is. So why don't you explain that in a little bit more detail?
1: Oh, now I tell you what, this is <laughs> you know we have some we've got some uh, really fantastic contractors out there that uh, that solely. Are doing waterproofing. And they're there for a reason. Those guys, they understand and they know their stuff because I've spoken to them. Um, but those who uh, delve into it, let's say you're a contractor that's going to be waterproofing a shower, all right? And a lot of people don't understand that 85% of design professionals' dollars get paid. Water which is which is three percent of an area, so it's like it's water damage, is what the design professional dollars have to be paid to because of water leakage. So yep. to, to talk about you know permeation rates and how critical they are, um, there is a chart that was made in 2007 by the uh, International Building Code, and it basically breaks down the classification of permeation of how perms go through a a wall. Okay, so if I have a bathroom. And uh, the bathroom typically is conditioned. You have an air-conditioned house, which means that the room is pressurized. So there's going to be air coming into the room. And if you create steam in that room from a shower, running a bath or whatever, the, the moisture within, this, within that air, where does it go if the room is pressurized? It's going to go through surfaces. So if there's a perm rate on that wall, let's say you have a shower, and this is the way I'll explain it to you by column. So you, if you're doing the math, you can figure it out, okay? So if we do the highest perm classification of 0.1 and then we measure ounces of water per hour per square foot, it's 0.000228571, okay? That's not a made-up number, by the way. Okay. Um, <laughs> you, they, they figured out, that at 0.1 perms, that's how much moisture is getting through at 0.1 perms. So they figured it at 100 square feet, figuring like, you know, 30 square feet or 70 square feet on the wall, 30 square feet on the floor, typical shower. So they figured at 100 square feet. At 0.1 perms, you're having 3.84 ounces of water get through that wall that ends up in the wall cavity. So if you multiply that by 10, let's say you're doing some hospitality, and let's just be, you know, 1,000 square feet, that's 38.4 ounces of water that gets into the wall cavity. Not a lot, but that's at 0.1 perms. Now, do you remember Encore uh, yep. when we were doing the inspections, and and they decided to go with a liquid membrane in the tower, and I was against it because... When we were doing Wynn Las Vegas, we did a sheet membrane that had a very low perm rate on the floor, and then it met the walls with a, with a liquid membrane because I was more concerned about that transition where the, the shower pad met, the heat hit the tub. Mm-hmm. So they, they went against that. They went away from it. And I tried, I tried, I tried, I tried to find. You know what? Then if, because the, the perm rate on that product was five not point 0.5,
0: 5. 5, wow.
1: So so what happened was I said, if you're going to install this, you're going to put it in exactly the way the manufacturer tells you to put it in. So I tell them, okay, put it in. So they go and they they, they do it at the correct thickness. They let it dry, that I thought. And so uh, it starts out from 5. They're on 15. I get a phone call and it says, you need to get up in the tower because you've got water coming through the ceiling on some of these showers. Impossible because... I had the, the manufacturer sign off on every shower. So I was like, there's no way this is going to leak. Um, so I go up there and this is where, uh, this is the factor that you have to th- think about whenever you're doing any large project, it's called contractor competence. Yep. And so as I'm, as I'm walking down <laughs> five, there's some showers that have water leaking through the ceiling. I go to six stones already installed. They're just doing construction cleaning, wiping it down. And I'm going what is going on so then I go to the the scaffolding I go up to 15 where they were currently flood testing all the pans and the waterproofing product that they used was a very as a black color and but the pans were a light gray color hmm. so I my stomach kind of sank and I walked over to the <laughs> scaffolding went down to 14 where the dollar plugs were just pulled and there's a painter walking out of the room and I had a picture of it and you see black footprints behind him, And I said, Hey, oh, Jesus. <laughs> uh, you got something on your shoes. And he goes, Oh yeah. Every time I come in here and do the can light, he says stuff gets all over my shoes and my ladder. <laughs> so, so though, so as much as you try, like you try to do everything you can sometimes contractor competence comes is, is a factor that you, you kind of forget. And they were being rushed to go in to do the can lights. Now, the contractor that was doing the waterproofing didn't give it time to fully dry and cure before they flood tested. So when they flood tested it, that's why I turned that light gray color. And mm-hmm. when they pulled that dollar plug out, which had passed the, the flood test 24 hours, the contractor, the next side the next trade that came in went on top of it, compromising the thickness, 10 floors having to be retested, multiple, multiple showers having to be torn out, redone. So, you know, it's, it's crazy how that happens. So let's get back to the permeation rate. Yeah. So they fix the showers. They put it in exactly the way they're supposed to do it. Yay, I think I did my job. Six years after Encore is open, I get a phone call from the, the manager. It's over there, and he says, hey, Jim, we're remo- remodeling all the rooms. And I said, oh, really? And he, goes, yeah. he goes, yeah. He goes, remember when you talked about uh, you know, the permeation rates or anything? I said, yeah. And he goes, well, and I said, well, I guess you don't have to worry about that. He goes, no, that's just the thing we're having to remodel the rooms because all the studs are rusting out in the
0: walls.
1: (laughs) So it gives you an idea. Okay. So this is when this whole, the numbers are very much a reality at one perm, 1,000 square feet or 10 showers, that's three gallons of water that would be in the wall cavity. And that's at one perm. So the continuous water of, people being in the room, the housekeeping going in there, cleaning the room, wa- moisture being in the room and the water, that moisture just just went right into those walls and destroyed all the studs in the walls. So they ended up having to, after six years, remodel everything because of the permeation rate of that waterproofing.
0: And, and I think that's extremely important. And I think, you know, it's kind of, if you really think about it, it's kind of a misnomer Uh, or whatever you want to call it, to call this material waterproofing, because you're not 100% preventing water from getting through based on the perm rate. And I'm sure a lot of that...
1: Scientifically, you know this, Fred. Nothing is impermeable. The the vitreous Mm -hmm. materials... But there's always some sort of perm rate. So they they have to have a line where they cut off where they actually categorize it as a waterproofing membrane. So what is it, ANSI 118.10? they have two categories for low perm and regular waterproofing uh that's be- above 5 be- uh, below 0.5 is going to be considered low perm above that is going to be regular waterproofing so you can buy a product looking at the back of a soda can and not knowing all the ingredients if you don't understand what that perm rate is um you really you really don't know what you're putting in
0: absolutely so let's say I'm a contractor, and I'm looking, I'm looking for a good waterproofing material. You know, what should I – I mean, obviously, we should be looking at the perm rate. What, what perm rate should we be really looking for, and, and what, other, what other things should we be looking for in a good waterproofing membrane?
1: So to be fair, you know, to all of them, there's a lot of good products out there, okay? Um, yes, I wear the Protector Wrap hat. Yes, I do believe in it. Yes, I would sell us all day long. Um, there are a lot of products out there and when it comes down to cost, uh, and speed and ease of installation, I, I'm leaning to us all the way because, and I'll tell you why, uh, I, if I look at any liquid waterproofing, the guys say it's really easy to put in. Yes, it is easy to put in. How long do you have to wait for it to dry and cure? Because it says it on the instructions, not that they do that. But it could be 24, 48 hours before it fully dries and cures. Correct? That's right. at per coat. That's per coat. So if you have, you're having to do two to three coats, depending on the permeation rate you're trying to seek. Um, you can see how that can that can take quite a long time. Yep. Um, there there are sheet membranes out there that have to use set to apply. You have to wait for the thinset to dry before you install on top of it. Otherwise, you're going to compromise. Uh, the the way it adheres to the ground. So they have some, like a Noble has an EXT glue that they use. But when you comp you you um, you combine that with the cost of the membrane, it becomes very expensive. And that's been a, I heard that's a kind of a complaint out there as far as uh, pricing. So when it comes down to it, our system a primer is very inexpensive. I think it's like thirty five bucks a gallon, and that you can two to one with uh, water, and so it spreads like five hundred. I mean, it's, it's pretty great wow. as far as what you can do for the interior stuff. Exterior, we have a universal primer with no VOCs. We have an 80 primer that has a solvent, a solvent, an 80 primer for exterior use. Um, and then we have our different sheet membranes. So once you put these sheet membranes down, you, you dry lay it. You figure out what you're going to do. You roll it back. You primer the surface. It dries in about 15 to 20 minutes. Then you take the uh, the backing like six inches off the back end on the one section of, of the uh, the membrane. You stick it into the dry primer and it doesn't move. That is like huge. Like when you put this stuff down, you, there's no, oh, I'm going to pick it up and, you know, reshift it around. It's like when it's down, it's down. Uh, and that is, uh, it's good and bad. If you're not experienced and you like, that's why I like to go to every job site to make sure the guys know all the uh, little tricks of the trade and how to put it right. in. But once you do it uh we did a deck in Monterey, California. Uh me and my rep in, in California, Pat uh tool he's, a, he's another I got a great crew that works with me Rick Corey down in California and Pat Tool's up in Northern California, but we did 3000 square feet in an afternoon uh, from morning wow. to uh, to mid-afternoon and it was we kind of sat back and kind of looked at it, it was like man, we just did a 50 foot run like like nothing. <laughs>
0: Wow, oh, nice. <laughs> it, was, it was hilarious.
1: <laughs> so that's why, like, you know, I, I, yes, I, I do lean to us because I have installed it. I, I have installed many different kinds of membranes, and I know how it works and how it functions, but um, I love how easy it is. I really do. I, I love how easy it is and uh, made me a, an absolute believer in it. But uh, if I were to, to talk to anybody, uh, one, it always comes down, guys, sometimes it comes to cost. Like what is, what does the, the owner want to do? Do they want to do a crack isolation membrane where they're just trying to isolate that crack or are they doing a full, you know, a hundred percent, you know, anti fracture uh, membrane on a hundred percent of the floor. It all depends on the condition of the slab. So uh, it all, de- it all depends on where they're going to be going with that.
0: Absolutely. And uh, you know, I, I know I, I, in my inspections, I see it all the time. It's uh, you know, I would say if I had to put a percentage to it, 90% of the problem is you could have the best product in the world. It usually boils down to an installation issue. So I think you hit the nail right on the head there, being on top of it and making sure these guys know what they're doing. With that said, you know, what does Protector Wrap do to help contractors out there making sure they do install this material properly?
1: You know, every, you know, we meet weekly now. Uh, and uh, all of us, uh, the, the wholesale team, and but we have one, we have a technical guy, Joe, he's he's fantastic. So the greatest thing that we have, if you go to our website, technical support is easy. But if you go first to the manager of that region, uh, we have a huge amount of technical knowledge that we we give to these people. In my territory on the west Coast, I whenever a job starts, I like to be there just so that I can see how the guy, if there's any uh, question that the guy is uneasy with trying to install any product, I'd like to ease his mind by being right there. Uh, So a lot of us do that. We'll be there on the first day when they're doing their installation. Uh, We talk them through multiple issues that they might say. They might say like, hey, um, you know, I put this primer down and it's not dry. And you say, okay, well, it rained two days ago did you do a moisture meter test on that slab? Mm. <laughs> <And> so, <laughs> you know, th- there's multiple little things that guys do, and, and they're very easy for us because we're, we're used to it all the time. But um, when you talk to a, uh, these guys that are in, in the thick of it, have installed it, who understand it, uh, and have a vast amount, 30 years experience in it, uh, we can help you out a lot. And it's, it's, it's a lot of it is, you know, don't don't be prideful. You know, none of us know everything, but there's a lot of us that know a whole heck of a lot, you know, and we, and we learn a lot because we go along.
0: Absolutely. You know, before I get to the next question, let me stop here a second and, and give out the phone number in case we have anybody listening live that has sure. a question to ask. And that's the telephone number here is 323. 323- eight seven zero three nine six eight that's three two three eight seven zero three nine six eight if you have a question for James, uh, feel free to give us a call. you know you can always send me an email as well uh, at fhouston at gmail. com or go ahead and, and message me on Facebook. So you know what other products James does this uh, protector wrap have? I mean, you talked a little bit about the soundproofing. Uh, membrane, yeah. uh, w- w- kind of give us a rundown of uh, what you guys carry. So
1: the interesting thing about Protector Wrap, you know, they've been around for sixty-eight years. Um, unlike some other companies that got into it, I mean, their everything about Protector Wrap was uh, encompassing waterproofing, waterproofing the, the actual building, the exterior, the the envelope of the building. Uh, so that's how they started: was air barriers and. Uh, roofing materials, so they, they were waterproofing a structure. Uh, so the step in from one to the other on the interior was very easy for them because there was some products, and I'll give you an idea uh, that was pre existing. One called Shibi Seal 14060 that they used to um, waterproof bridges and tunnels. The, it's a 60 mil product. Now, when we were trying to develop something for the exterior decking, we took Jiffy 14060 and then we added a fabric to it, and that became like a 70-mil nominal product. But now it was, it was already an existing product, but now it has something that tile can stick to. And so they already had that technology years and years of, of successful uh, installations. Uh, So, you know, as far as Protector wrap, they are waterproofing company through and through. Uh, On the flooring end, if you are on a website, you go into the flooring solutions, you'll see that we have a full line. You have AFM, which is anti-fracture membranes. Uh, That is a basic uh, uh, 36 by 75 foot rolls that uh, we have for uh, crack isolation. We have these handy crack kits, we call them. They're 12 by 25 or 12 by 75, and in those little kits, it actually has a tube of primer and a little knife in there in these little kits. So if a guy had it on his truck, he can easily pull it off, patch a crack on the floor if somebody wants to do crack isolation. Uh, Those are sold in uh, most of our distributors' uh, stores. Uh, You look at uh, when it goes to uh, sound isolation. Oh, then we have waterproofing, which is ASM, same product, but now it has a bare edge, so you can do kind of a shingle overlap. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's our AFMWM, and so that's our dispense for waterproofing. Uh, then we have our sound isolation products, which I, I kind of uh, leaned into it a little bit before, which is WhisperMAT-CF for ceramic tile and stone. And then we have WhisperMAT-HW for uh, wood and laminates, uh, WhisperMAT-LVT, which is for luxury vinyl tile. Now, all the whisper mats, which is, I'm going to kind of talk about it tomorrow in that webinar, but I'm going to kind of give you guys a glimpse of it uh, today is that each one is independently tested uh, in a lab and each one will have an STC and an IIC number and a sound transmission class and an impact insulation class. So one is for the ambient sound that stops it going through the floor. The other one is for the impact or footfall on that floor. Then there's a third number that's very important that if you guys are doing any work in condos, this is critical that you understand this. There's a little triangle, and it'll say Delta IIC. Now, the only way to get a Delta uh, a number is if you have your product tested on a six-inch bare slab, but it's basically that number is what the value that it brings to any assembly. Our Whistler Mat CS has a Delta 22. That product will give you that – is, that is what the product is going to bring to your assembly because we can't test every single assembly that's out there. So right. if an architect or a designer, let's say a contractor comes to a condo and he says, the person says, well, our association says we have to have an STC of 50, 50 and an a IIC of 50, minimum. So the installer goes, uh, okay, you know, goes out. But the first question they have to ask is, well, what's the assembly? What is underneath this slab? Is there a ceiling assembly below? Is there no ceiling assembly? How thick is the slab? Is it a six-inch slab? Is it an 8-inch slab? Mm. Is it a 10-inch slab? Because each one of those are tested, and they'll have an actual rating. So let's say I have a an 8-inch slab that was tested by the uh, International Building Code, and it's a 32. I don't even know how I'm remembering this, friend, but it's, it's <laughs> a 32. <laughs> so if I have an 8-inch slab that's a 32, and I have a special you know, tile, and thin set, and a ceiling assembly, and let's say I'm at – like a 40, uh, a, a 40, okay? And so I, the, the architect, whoever's doing it, will be able to tell you, okay, well, this assembly is at 40. So you take that delta number, that 22, and you add it to the 40, and that will tell you what your new assembly will be mm. 52 or, or 62. So it's really cool how it all works, but it, you know, yes, does it cost money? Yes but do we see the value it brings to the contractor? Absolutely, and the architect, because you could take that number and very easily fit it into uh, what you're looking at. So that that we've we've really dissected into the the whisper math and the sound isolation membranes. Uh, We also make the... uh, the, Oh, sorry, go ahead.
0: No, go ahead, finish.
1: Oh, so the last one, yeah, the protective deck is uh, one that is fast rising because you can actually waterproof over living space, uh, that, that product is uh, fantastic, and we have an LM, a liquid membrane product. Now, something that I don't think I told you about that we've developed and tested it is now we have our WhisperMAT CS because the body of WhisperMAT um, is not a foam. It's our, our, um, our modified uh, products that are inside, so it's actually waterproof. But we've never really tested it this way, and then we, we figured it all out, and I'll send you the data sheet on it. But right. we take our, our, our liquid membrane product, and you can actually test it to be water-resistant or waterproof. Now, what does that mean? That's, that, that's us being honest with you. Uh, water-resistant means well, you can put WhisperMat CS down for sound isolation in a condo, okay? And you go over the seams with our LM product, and you have a water-resistant installation, so you have some resistance of water going through it. Now, if I do 100% with the LM on the floor, and I put the Whistler Mat CS on top of it, and I put it over, and I put the LM product over the seams, all the seams. Now you have an actual waterproof sound isolation, crack isolation system. Nice. It's three and one. Yeah, it's sick. You have to actually really look into it. But I'm going to send you the data on it. I'd love to get your feedback Great. on it because it's okay. something that um, a lot of, not just hospitality, but also, like, condo construction, where they're doing high-end floors, especially, like, in Florida, you know. Uh, they've got yeah. a lot, uh, copious amounts of condos down there. You guys have oh, more yeah. condos, <laughs> you know what to do with. Um, <laughs> but uh, California is fast-growing, too, as far as condos go. But this gives you an opportunity to have the sound uh, isolation qualities, the floor that they want to achieve, but the protection that they need.
0: That's great. Yeah, and we do most of my inspections are condos and down south in the Miami area. So definitely be interested in, in looking at that, looking at that product. And let me remind everybody one more time, too, that you're doing that that webinar tomorrow. So uh, check out my uh, my Facebook page a little bit later on, my LinkedIn page, and uh, I'll post oh, the information uh, so yeah, I'll post that information on there. So, a- any last-minute advice? Any last-minute stories before we wrap things up? Um,
1: let's see. What, what, what we've we've had so many through the years. I'm trying to think of one that
0: uh, I know. one
1: that spoke <laughs> out to me. Uh, one one of one of the cases. Do you remember the uh, the buffet? The one with the buffet. Oh yes, yes. Got
0: all about that. <laughs> <laughs> you know,
1: uh during the fast-paced. Uh, of, you know, doing when Las Vegas, we had the building itself, uh, you know, structurally it, it uh, settled about four and a half inches down. And so you, you always want to wait to connect uh, the existing low-rise structure to the high-rise structure. So the buffet was close to that area. And, uh, everything was fast-paced. Um, but the case came out where uh, this glass, if you remember, there was Seach's glass, very yep. beautiful glass, yep. was put throughout that. Um, and it was shortly after we, we found that the, the glass was popping off uh, the floor in the buffet, and uh, I went down and inspected it, and I was like, but, you know, what's going on here? And what was strange about it, it, was, it, was, it was, there was a pattern to the failure, and you got to love that, you know, especially when you get into yep. to the forensics. There's a pattern to the failure. So, and I hope if whoever's listening, if you haven't taken the forensics class, You have to take the forensics class because it really changes the way you think. And so looking at it, there's a a pattern failure. I look at it. I'm trying to understand it. I'm watching this. I'm like, okay, something's up. So I did one thing, observe visually. Second thing, uh, we waited till the buffet uh, closed down at night, and I did multiple core samples on different inserts. Uh, When I did the core samples, uh, recorded it, pictured, taped it up, uh, marked it, and dated it, sent it to the TCNA labs, okay? So what was interesting was then when I was removing those core samples, uh, which I took out, there were eight-by-eight uh, eight sections, square sections. Uh, some of them were dry-packed, and some of them were just, uh, like, poured. Uh, like, it looked like lightweight, but it looked a little bit more dense and lightweight over in mm-hmm. other areas. So they were not, it wasn't consistent all the way through. So I'm like, okay, you know, we see this, and we're trying to figure out. We, I, I call the manufacturer of the glass at Fetius, and you can just imagine the Ita- Italians thing. nothing's wrong with my glass. It's perfect. It's only as strong as the substrate, which that really should tell you something. When a glass manufacturer at that level tells you the glass is only as strong as the substrate, that is really critical to understand because yep. that made me take a second look at the substrate. So I had some cores that I took and I cut it in half and I did exactly what TCNA put under a microscope. There's voice, okay? And so the TCNA, they actually put it in, in their compression test uh, and of course, through this whole process, everybody's doing the blank game. The installer says it's them, it's you and contractor says it's uh, them and uh, architect's saying it's, it's the other person. So everybody's in the middle, and, and Fred, you've been in, this, in the middle of this too many times, that so, you, so you, yep. you understand how that goes. Yep. So what happens is I did, I did the most logical thing to do, and I set up a chair at the corner of the buffet when it closed, and I watched it for about 12 hours to see exactly what was happening. I wanted to understand this. This is insane. I know. So here I'm sitting there with a Snicker bar and a glass of water, and I'm waiting,
0: <laughs> and I see,
1: I see the public area department clean everything out, and there's a lot of water that's going over the surface, and they're sweeping it up. Not a big deal. And then uh, they go across the floor with these scrubbers, and I see the scrubber and the guy's you know, scrubbing, cleaning everything. Not a big deal, but there's a lot of water still. Now, the backing of that tile, the polyvinyl acetate glue, so I was like, mm, maybe it's getting too wet. I did a soak test on it. It did get a little bit gummy, but it wasn't, like, coming off. Then, maybe 5 o'clock in the morning or so, I hear beep, 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 this (laughs) distinctive beeping sound. And I was like, what is that, you know? And here comes around the corners the engineering department, and they're going to be fixing the uh, chandeliers. The scissor lift (laughs) that they're driving weighs, like, I think it's 5,200 pounds without the guy in, you know, that, right. that machine <laughs> itself where he's 5,200 pounds. So I was like, Holy crap. So I just come in and can you stop for a second? And said, sure. I take a tape measure and I measure the distance between the wheels. Guess what? It's the same pattern, pattern failure. Yeah, yep. <laughs> And it's spitting tile behind them. It's spitting tile off the back of those tires <laughs> and <laughs> found out because of the compression, the lack of compression on some of those inserts it caused that tile to pop off that surface. And uh, just, you know, it, it, it. I love this stuff, you know, when you get into it and you understand what's going on. And of course, as it came down to it, and this is the interesting part uh, because as you know, it gets down to the legal matter. And so yeah. you have your general contractor, you have the contractor, you have the architect, the designer and everybody's sitting in the room and they're going through the whole litigation process. And they're like, you know, hey. and I said, did you ever inform the con- Cause he, the, the contractor was basically blaming, blaming the general contractor that they were rushing them to do the job. Hmm. And so I said, okay, so did you change the way you installed each one of the inserts? He says, yes. And I said, why? And he says, well, because it dried faster when I used this other product and I was doing dry pack over here. And, Okay, I said, well, what did the drawing say? Well, the drawing said it was supposed to be poured concrete and everything. Oh, so why didn't you do that? Well, it wasn't as fast as what I was doing. So they took it upon themselves to actually change the design intent or the design which was in the plan. When he said that, and I had to ask that next question, which was, did you inform anybody through RFI, it's the middle process, you were changing the design, which is in the drawing. Well, you know as well as I that we were being rushed. (laughs) That doesn't answer my question. Did you inform them? So he became – he had to take the fault, but the contractor was at fault because they never informed anybody that they were changing the actual – and when you're dealing with things that are hundreds of thousands of dollars, uh, you don't want to deviate from the plans to protect yourself. If you're a contractor listening, to protect yourself, do exactly what the plans say because – that's a legal document, and to do with, put install what the specifications say. That's that is something that I, I can't beat on that more. You know, yep, I agree. Is that if if you're gonna if you're gonna protect yourself, do exactly. You've been doing this for 20 years and everything, and you know I don't want to hear it. If it says to install this, if you think it's gonna fail, explain to the, the architect why it would you think the, you think it's gonna fail, and let them change it but don't be the one to do that just to protect yourself. And put that.
0: And and if that happens, I'll add to that. If that happens, make sure you put it in writing. You know, in a, yeah, in a memo, a, an email, just something where it's documented because you know, as you said later on down the road when it comes to a, a lawsuit, that that question's going to come up.
1: Mhm. So, yep, absolutely it will right. will
0: come up. Cool. All right, buddy, uh it was great great information. Uh contact information. Where can people uh uh, contact
1: protector wrap Yeah, if you want to uh, pro... contact protector uh, wrap or get a hold of us, you can look on our website at www.protectorwrap.com. You could also uh, uh, call our main number, which is uh, let me see. I think I <laughs> I didn't memorize it, so I'm sorry. <laughs> it's three zero three excuse me, three, yeah, 303-777-3001. That's our, our main Denver office. And they can connect you to uh, any local rep that you might need to speak to uh, there. Uh, you can call me whenever you want. I, I love this stuff. I, I, I really appreciate it if you, you guys uh, uh, reach out to us to check out our, our website. Check out what we have to offer because uh, you won't be disappointed. You absolutely won't be disappointed.
0: I agree. Absolutely. Well, James, I appreciate it. And uh, hopefully I'll see you here soon. I'll be out there doing some more inspecting work once this virus thing is over with. So, um, oh, yeah. Keep in touch, buddy. And, and there, send me oh, that information. By the way,
1: just Fred, yeah. by the way, uh, uh, Panorama Tower still has a failing shower. So we're oh, going to get back <laughs> into
0: that. Surprise, surprise. <laughs> that's a whole separate. <laughs> that's a whole separate show. <laughs> Yeah, it is absolutely. I I I use that that particular project as as an example uh, all the time. So, yeah, great.
1: Don't let weep holes make you weep.
0: That's right, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> or or lack of them. <laughs> or lack of oh, them, yeah. <laughs> or lack of them, yeah. Great. All right, buddy. Take care. We'll talk to you later. Thanks right. for the info.
1: Thank you. All right. All right. Take care.
0: Bye. All righty. Uh, we're gonna take a break right here, and I'll be back with some closing remarks right after this. Thank you, Tufskin, one of our gold sponsors. Marble etches and stains. Tufskin guarantees it will not. Tufskin provides a unique product and installation service anywhere in the USA with the proprietary stone laminate products. They protect marble countertops with an acid, oil, and waterproof guarantee. That's right, it's now possible to install marble, onyx, and travertine countertops without the worry of etching and staining from common household items like wine, lemon, coffee, or other acidic foods. People have been trying to figure this out for thousands of years, and Tough Skin Surface Protection has done it. Available in gloss and satin to match the countertop finish. Visit them online at toughskinprotection.com. That's T-U-F-F skinprotection.com to learn more. All righty, folks, great information my buddy James there uh, from Protecto Rap. Uh, also uh don't forget he's doing that seminar tomorrow on the sound uh sound barriers, et cetera. So if you guys do that kind of work, you may want to listen into that. It's gonna be very educational. I intend on and listening. So uh I'll go ahead and post that information when he sends it to me on my Facebook page. So go ahead and check that out. If you don't know what my Facebook page is, it's Stone Forensics. Uh, just look up Stone Forensics and, and Facebook uh, and you'll, you'll get to my website. I, I think I'm the only Stone Forensics there. So uh, uh, definitely. All right. Uh, we're going to be doing some great shows coming up. Uh, some more educational information. Uh, also, I am doing a a seminar next week. I'll also post that on my Facebook page uh, on, the, on Luke's uh, 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 virtual seminar there. So you may want to check that out. And that's going to be on. Uh, introduction to becoming a stone and tile inspector. Uh, I still have my correspondence courses uh, that I've, I've I've actually put on the Facebook page. They are still half off. Uh, they'll probably remain that until we get back in full business here, uh, probably by by June sometime. So if you're interested in that, go ahead and give me give me a contact. So folks, thanks for listening. Until next time, keep setting those tiles, polishing that stone, and fabricating those tops. Later, my friends. Are you looking for quality greenstone working products? ESP sells many lines of fine quality, environmentally safe products. Stone Pro, NB Stone Care, Bondstone and Touchstone Adhesives, More Stone Care products, Easy Care products, and Better Bio, which is over 80% bio-based and approved by the USDA. For more info, visit ESPSales.net. That's ESPSales.net.